0: Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. We are here with you to figure out which corporations run Venezuela's food system, as well as whether the anime with the horny shark is better than the anime with the horny skeleton. Uh, And today we're actually going to talk a bit about the latter. Uh, But before that, we're getting into parasocial relationships uh, with our guest, Shannon Strucci. Hi, Shannon.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Going uh, okay after we solved a million audio problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying, that happens on every podcast, so. Uh,
0: so yeah, today we're talking about uh, parasocial relationships. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk hopefully a little bit about uh, like how they're used commercially. We're going to be talk- talking about like YouTube and Twitch and stuff. And uh, you know, those are like the newest, biggest commercial markets, I guess. Uh-huh. you know uh-huh. There's not a lot of new stuff in the world lately, <laughs> except for like video games and video content. That's about it. And then the combination of the two. Yep. Um, and so uh, Shannon made uh, some great videos. I think it's still ongoing, right? The parasocial videos you're still working on? Yes,
1: I am. It just takes a long time, and I need to raise more money for my gotcha. plans I have for episode three.
0: Yeah, so uh, everyone should check out her videos and uh, donate some money to her so that she can continue making those videos because uh, they are... Very entertaining and very informative. I'm, I'm now a big uh, Bo Burnham fan because <laughs> Thank of his videos. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: See, I think, I think not to you know, give away the whole episode, but I think Shannon needs to uh, create a kind of artificial persona that draws in hapless <laughs> viewers and <laughs> listeners,
0: and then you will in- indoctrinate them with the ideas behind. Yeah, and then you'll have enough money Uh, People will just, like, donate money to you, and you'll have enough money to talk about how fucked up it is to do that. Yeah. (laughs) You'll be a parable.
1: (laughs) Uh... one interesting thing about episode two uh, again not to give too much away of of the series fake friends that i did is that at the end i got a bunch of my friends to do a voiceover of like weird creepy things fans had said about them or just stuff that i found online generally and i got people who had their own followings to do it and then in the comments they were like i got really excited when i recognized this person's voice but then i got upset with myself because of it why did you do this to me and i was like i just thought it was funny to have my friend do this i didn't mean to give you like a crisis it was weird
3: that's fantastic. Yeah. We should build our societies around this. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah,
1: I also don't want that responsibility. <laughs> want, when people are like, oh my god, you changed my life. That's cool, but it's also a lot. I don't know. The whole thing is a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to change anyone's life because then, then if you get worse later on, uh-huh. you're going to like ruin their life. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my
1: fault all of a sudden.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you want me so. to just talk about who I am? Yeah,
0: that'd
1: be great. Yeah. Uh, I am Shannon Strucci. I've been doing video essays on YouTube for going on, I guess, five years now. Um, I started out doing film history videos, then I started doing a bunch of other stuff. And my best known series is like we were talking about the Fake Friends series about parasocial relationships. I also panel at conventions to talk about film history, film culture, and horror theory and stuff like that. I do short films, and I'm on an actual play podcast called Critical Bits more recently, like a teen superhero body horror actual play podcast
0: yeah i I listened to an episode i thought it was very entertaining but i do have trouble following like stories when people are just telling Mm -hmm. them and i don't have a visual Mm -hmm. so i was like i was enjoying it but i was like a little lost just because i didn't have the video element to it but i did have the first
1: episode on my youtube channel i made like an animatic of the first full episode oh nice it just Fair takes okay. Forever I'll check to that out. That. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I, I think I would like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I love tabletop gaming shit, dude. Oh hell yeah, it's fun.
3: Yeah, uh, we were always too poor for it, but I fantasized <laughs> about having a fantasy
0: tabletop board game. I always thought it be a cool bit. shit to have all those Warhammer figurines. Right. Like, every time right. I went to the hobby store, I was like, that shit is like the coolest stuff I've ever seen They're in my so life. So expensive. Like they space cost tanks so much and stuff. Money. Yeah, yeah. Like every time I looked at a figure, I was like, man, it's fucking fifteen dollars for this little like Seriously. Thing men, like army men guys. Yeah, what it's almost fuck? as bad as Legos, <laughs> um, which I had a
3: ton of. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. My parents took one, them away from us when we uh, stopped putting them away,
0: but that's just consequences. But um, yeah, we were actually talking about a board game on our last episode, which is unusual for us. Which one usually was get into that? The Secret Hitler one. Oh yeah, have you I've ever had, played that yeah. Secret Hitler?
1: I have I really like the board game Resistance which is very similar to Secret Hitler oh, yeah. yeah. right. and it does a, not mention Hitler. Yeah. So yeah. if you ever want an alternative that you're, where you're not playing as Nazis, Resistance is a very I, I mean I like, I enjoy playing both of them but Yeah. I like Resistance more. They're very very similar.
2: Mhm.
3: Mm. Right. Right. Also uh, for people listening who are into or are curious about the uh, Warhammer 40K uh, game and Universe. Um, you should listen to one of the latest episodes by uh, Hell of a Way to Die. They go into like the like fascist themes and like weirdness of the of that universe, yeah. um, and it's very dorky and nerdy and fun. Um, but that's just a plug for for that episode. It's
0: it's is that the show with Nathan? Bethia yeah, Bethia okay. and,
3: yeah. So he has another guy from uh, oh, what's it called? Trash Future. Yeah, yeah. that show rules. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of parasocial
0: relationships, relationships <laughs> for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you know, it's <laughs> uh, we got to carry water for our fellow grifters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess if we wanted to summarize like what a parasocial relationship is, it would mm-hmm. be like a a relationship where it's like one way, like it's a one way friendship kind of thing, like an imaginary friend, but the imaginary friend is real.
3: Right. Well, this, type of this kind
0: of like. Sorry, go ahead,
3: Shannon.
1: Oh, you're good. I was just laughing.
0: Oh, okay,
3: sorry. I thought you were breaking in with something more insightful than <laughs> what I was about to say, which is like, yeah, the, like, uh, I really want to plug this, like, Marxian analysis in where the there's the person, which is the base, and then there's the, the parasocial relationship and the persona, which is the superstructure, and they control you through kind of ideological means. But go ahead, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just going off there are
1: a lot of different facets to it it's like yeah, I know yeah. I have a parasocial relationship with Bone Bone the Thai cat
0: uh-huh.
2: and I don't think that was
1: to <laughs> literally facilitate. I just love Bone Bone
0: hell yeah hell yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it, it almost seems like one of those things where mm-hmm. it will almost always exist to some degree it's just like mm-hmm. there's a healthy degree and an unhealthy degree to mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Absolutely. which uh I'll kind of connect that back later on when we talk about the understanding media enjoyment thing, but yeah, I don't know. I I definitely like, uh, I don't know. I don't know who I, I guess I feel connected to some of the podcasters that I listen to all the time. Yeah. Although I actually like try to talk to them. So right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not in a weird way. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a creep. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. In their mentions acting like your (laughs) friends.
0: So... Like uh as far as uh like different ways that people on YouTube could be like getting an audience or like monetizing their show like there's there's like the the normal like channel monetization thing, which I think is that's just ads and then there's like Patreon, which is like more common in podcasts, but I think a lot of mm-hmm. youtubers do it as well creators in general yeah yeah right, and then. There's like the uh, the corporate sponsorship, which is like kind of shadier. Like it's <laughs> yeah. usually in the background. Like uh, my girlfriend's really into like beauty YouTube. Oh. Wow. And mm-hmm. they get sent like products all the time for free. Like like some of them some of them have like stopped taking products from like free products from corporations because mm-hmm. they're like they're just like filling my house with shit. Oh yeah. I'm, like I don't feel <laughs> good about this anymore. And then like this is getting weird. I don't know. I yeah. guess like uh, for the corporate stuff. Uh huh. You don't really. Uh, I mean, maybe you need some, maybe a parasocial dynamic would help because you'd get more eyeballs on the show, but it seems like the other two models are like way more conducive to that. Yeah. Getting donations from people and then just ads, just like getting people to watch every video that you put out.
3: Yeah. Uh, If I'm understanding parasocial relationships correctly, and and we might actually want to go through some of our write-up for the the listeners uh, in a minute, but... What's really interesting is how, like, the kind of classic, uh, you know, like, the bootlickers that you find online a lot, who are just obsessed with, like, Elon Musk, or with a particular Mm. corporation, and they just worship, like, a brand, and I'm like, wow, that's, Mm. like, the apex, to me, of this (laughs) kind of weird, like, fawning relationship with something that is just, like, uh, Chipotle is my best friend. (laughs) Right, and you're like, uh, and what's (laughs) fucked up is that, like, now the ads... Or like for a while now, a lot of the like that. The, I guess the Apple ad the campaigns. Main yeah, of Apple that. was a was an of everything. Hitter, honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're just like we want to create a cult, and yeah. we want you to be part of that cult. That's kind of died off, though. I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely still a bit in the advertising, like where they're trying to like create like a social feeling of of a sort. Yeah, uh, as opposed to I think traditional ads seem to be like. Um, oh this is life fulfillment In like a material sense Like yeah. better living through chemistry And shit like that uh, and I
0: remember like In the late 2000s They were like very open about Like we want to create a culture Yeah So that people feel like They're part of something Yeah, yeah. And then that will like Drive sales Right Yeah, so, like, yeah. It was like Okay Okay Create a culture, sure. Sure, sure. And then so that people can feel like they're part of something. Okay, to drive sales. Oh,
2: uh... Did
1: y'all see the the leaked Pepsi design document about their logo being redesigned? That was, like, really weird and creepy. I don't remember the specifics of it. I just know uh, Nilsa Sariga under Lemon Demon did a song called Redesign Your Logo. That's really good. Just about how creepy Uh. and strange that specific design document was. Um and just sort of trying to hypnotize consumers.
0: Huh. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. It's like right up our alley. So I, I apparently wrote <laughs> celebrity like culture is the creation of half parasocial <laughs> relationships for money, which I guess that's kind of accurate. Um, and uh, Bo Burnham, as you uh, show in your video, uh, became a celebrity who was highly critical of the machinery of celebrity culture. And uh, I think that like a lot of the most popular YouTubers kind of engender these relationships, uh, which again, I guess was in your video as well. And it's not an original observation. (laughs) Um, uh, so they have like these fans that are like really devoted to them. Like, um, like murder Brian always talks about Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. he took his daughter to some like show with a bunch of like a live event with a bunch of YouTubers. Oh yeah. And they just like went on stage and like sang. uh, Oh Yeah.
3: Yeah, they like lip synced pop songs lip-synced, or something. Yeah, they didn't even
0: sing. They lip synced them,
3: and then people were like freaking out. Yeah, they were, like so into it, and yeah,
0: bizarre. Like, most kids now are just <clears throat> watching like people Lip-syncers talk to the camera. And shit. Oh yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that's, yeah. that's that's what they have that's instead of TV. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, it seems more. It seems like more of a parasocial interaction than like when we were growing up, and it was just characters on TV that like you knew to some degree were not real. Right. Right. Right,
3: and I wonder about like. The degree of um, what do you call it? Ironic detachment, right? Yeah. Uh, between the, like, say the Zoomers and their and their kind of, like, fluff YouTube shows that they watch. Like, do they... I think a lot of them do seem to have that ironic detachment or that kind of, like, healthy detachment from... Yeah. But I think, like, just like any generation, you know, the media that you're consuming or, or letting into your head basically... Like, you're letting it become real, you know. Yeah. To the extent that, again, because Twitter is where we live, uh, <laughs> like you see these accounts that are like shrieking about, like in defense of like um, a fictional thing being real and therefore <laughs> being a basic basis for like real belief in something else, and you're like, no, like Game of Thrones <laughs> is not real, uh-huh. just because it was inspired by something it doesn't is my make it mommy. real, <laughs> right? And 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 that's an interesting like. Like you said, Shannon, there's many angles to this stuff. And so it's interesting how I think you can have a parasocial... Like, it all seems to rest on fictions and, like, intentional constructions and stuff. You know, the the art of it. The artifice. But it seems like it applies to both uh, people and their constructed persona. And also, what, like, the characters they perform for, like, a deliberately, explicitly fictional performance. Is that... Am I on the right track there?
1: One of the weirdest things that I, like, came across was, um... I I talked about in Fake Friends too about people who ship the Let's Players Markiplier and Jacksepticeye. Oh,
0: yeah, that was weird.
1: They also have characters that they play, like, evil versions of themselves. Hmm. That people, it's like the dark applier in antiseptic, and people will ship those, but then they'll ship them with the real people, and there'll be fan fiction with like 10 different versions. Like some of them are, and it's just like a very weird, and it's all, it's mostly like teenage girl, teenage American girls doing it, and just like completely blurring the lines in a way that obviously makes them very uncomfortable. Hmm. But there are, yeah, yeah there shipping are, was always
0: weird to me. Like, I didn't even, I don't even think I knew about it until like four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm very new to it, but. Even with, like, totally fictional characters, it's bizarre. Mm -hmm. I don't think think
1: it's weird doing it with fictional characters, because I I I was never, like, super, super hardcore into shipping, but I read fanfiction, and I, like, when I watched, like, Lost or whatever, I would read fanfiction about the characters. I don't think that's weird, but also, I come from that kind of fandom background, like, as a young woman. Um Especially, it's like in a lot of people who are like queer people or people of color, like yeah. there's not a lot of representation for them, and Phantom is a way for them to find that. So, I want to, I do right. want to push yeah. back on like shipping is weird. It's weird when you ship real people who have yeah, their own lives is, and you is, yell yeah, at their girlfriend because their girlfriend got in the way of your, <clears throat> this fantasy in your head that two straight men are in love with each other now. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, uh, shipping real people, um, is, Like I've observed that dynamic in my Social circles where there's some person Who has a strong opinion about who should go with who And they try to orchestrate that Or something and I'm like not only is that Like fucked up and I hate it It's very manipulative and it's like I don't know What the fuck hole is existing in your In your heart (coughs) that makes you act like this But like you need to treat that (laughs) before you go Fucking up other people's relationships (laughs) Or non-relationships whatever it is but what's weird is when they do it, yeah, and their friendships and everything, but what's weird is, is when people like that or people with similar tendencies do it with, like, people that exist but they don't know. And that's, like, one of those w- bizarre mutations of the way that people relate to, to each other. You yeah. Know? It's, like, both distant and, like, disconnected and also, like, they treat it as a reality. Kind of yeah. Sense, you know?
0: And they manipulate that reality I that guess- they're trying to create. I guess shipping has been around for a long time, they just never called it that, because like, people always talked about, like, like big time, like, Hollywood celebrities, like, oh, who, sure, who yeah. they think should get together. Yeah.
1: Like, who's seeing who and everything.
0: So it's just taking on, like, a new term, I guess. Yeah. Uh, see, I never got into fan fiction because, like, I like I started reading it, and then, like, somebody made fun of me, and so I was just embarrassed and never read it again. <laughs> 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 I have a very strong will, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I think it's it's cool when it's not real people or, like, underage stuff. Right. Uh, We had to make a rule on the Discord for the podcast I'm on, like, please don't talk about shipping. Because a lot of the characters are underage or based on real people. And it had, eventually it was like, okay, we have to, can you just, this is... And I, I've dealt yeah. So with just it to quash any rumors my...
0: before our listeners start shipping me and Chris, we already are in a relationship, so no big <laughs> yeah, deal. You know, it's called a podcast. Take the
1: mystery out of it. So that yeah, that's the that's it. the legal form that of the happens, relationship. I, mean, is... I I I work with H Bomber guy, and I get I used to I get more of them before I put out fake friends too. But I would get weird messages about whether he and I were dating, yeah. or or any man that I work with. It's automatically yeah. assumed, and then I get weird, creepy stuff about it. That's Not only is it kind of insulting.
0: Yeah. I'm ashamed to admit I, I asked that of someone once. It was Connor Golden on Twitter because he he lived with uh, Floozy Esquire for a while, and he was he was uh, just like talking about her. Yeah, and I was just like I just messaged him. I was like, like Hey, is wait, she like your girlfriend, you, or do you guys yeah. just like live together or something yeah. like that? I mean, that's he was, like, fair. No, we just live together. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that I feel like is a fair question though, yeah.
3: because it's like you're you're admitting there's a possibility of different,
0: you know, things. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's weird I, that I my automatically assume, like, don't, oh, you know about this woman, so she must be dating you. It's probably not a good impulse If you don't have. know someone
1: well, and they're not open about their relationship with someone, to me, it's, like, not a, nobody's business.
0: That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true, I too. would
1: never ask someone, hey, I see you're in a photo with this woman. Are you having sex with oh, her? Like, yeah. to me, that's very weird. And yeah, right. Fun. But, again, right. it's happened to me, so.
3: Yeah, that's, that's not good. It's, it's a kind of paranoid fixation.
0: Um, yeah, it sucks. So, uh, these questions are just okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we came up with some really shitty questions to ask you, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess the best one I have is, uh, do, do you think, like, have you ever watched a uh, slice of life anime at all?
1: Well, watch what?
0: Any slice of life anime? Like the genre?
1: Yeah, I used to really like, like, Azumanga Daioh. And some oh, some okay. In some other, I haven't been in a while. Yeah, that, that's a slice of life series that I really liked.
0: The, like, do you think that those are kind of based on parasocial interaction? Because, like, I don't know. Like, on the surface, it seems like something like that wouldn't be very enjoyable unless you like mm-hmm. feel like you're in like kind of in a weird relationship with the characters. Otherwise, it's just like, oh yeah, these people are just like living their normal lives. Right.
1: That you get really invested in their relationships and their grades.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. It seems. I don't think yeah, that's no, necessarily think like
1: toxic, but I right, would say there's yeah. an element of like I I, I want to go through this person's daily life and I get attached yeah. to them and I get attached to their friends. Yeah, that's definitely yep. like parasocial. Yep.
3: Yeah, that was actually one of the things that I uh, I think I like uh, first identified when I when I came to uh, excuse me when I was exposed to the slice of life genre and I was like wait, like, but this... I kind of grasped, because, like, uh, I, as a writer, I become very curious about why different genres exist and what they're about and, mm-hmm. like, what their, like, fantasy fulfillments are and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I, like, I heard about and, like, saw a bit of Slice of Life stuff. And I was like, oh, this is cute. This is kind of interesting. And, like, but I was like, uh, at the same time, because I, cause I first, for, first you know, I, I went technical and I was like, oh, this is one of these kind of plotless narrative kind of things, right? It's very experimental. And then I was like, Wait, 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 wait. There's it's something like else Oscar going Gardner. on here. Ooh. Yeah, it's something art, you know, in like this very chill way. And then I, yeah, and then I realized it was like the the fandom with this seems to be like they're bonding intensely with like these kind of ordinary characters. Um, and then, of course, you see some of the Slice of Life stuff where it becomes a little more abstract or supernatural as well. And you're like, like my favorite show, Mob Psycho 100. <laughs> exactly, which I still haven't
1: watched
0: um, because I'm terrified oh of Slice God. of Life. But like, <laughs> It's yeah. so
1: good. So good. I like.
0: I want to be friends with the Body Improvement Club. <laughs>
1: like everyone does, because they're like the fantasy of the ultimate dude friends. Because they're very like buff and fit, but they're so supportive and kind.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. it's exactly. Like a, mm-hmm.
1: No, they're awesome. It's just like an
0: idealized version of what you want your real life relationships to be. Precisely.
3: Yeah, and that's it the wish fulfillment is. in that genre. It seems. Yeah. You know? Damn. Yeah. I think we got to the bottom of this. Fuck, I'm actually afraid of the amount of vulnerability I just expressed.
1: (laughs) Well, it's like, uh, for me, I really like Breaking Bad when it aired. But now Uh I'm really into uh, Better Call Saul. And Better Call Saul has way less action, right? There's way less, like, there is some, like, kidnapping and explosions and stuff. But it's the core element of that show is, like, his relationships with three or four people. And there's some other stuff to the side. But it's, like, people's relationships and what they're willing to go through to try to, to be successful and whatever. And that is more like Slice of Life, life than Something like Breaking Bad. But I am so much more attached to it. I think it's a much better show. It's just better yeah. written and the characters are more interesting. Because I don't care as much. I mean, I love like action and explosions and stuff. But the, the without getting into spoilers, there's a scene in that show that is just a conversation on a couch. That is one of the most emotionally devastating things I've ever seen in a TV show. And I thought yeah. that was like a really high accomplishment. It's just because I'm attached to the characters.
0: Yeah, he was in a movie recently... Uh, long shot, and he was playing. It was like the most exaggerated version of Saul, like, uh, but he was mm-hmm. like the president. So he was just like a massive, like, dirt bag, <laughs> like, didn't really <laughs> know what was going on, kind of thing. It was great. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, also, a show that I, I Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I've joked on Twitter that Reagan from Mob Psycho and Jimmy McGill are the same person. <laughs> um, and I think that's my attack. Pretty true. Yeah. Anyway, go on
3: no yeah actually one of the one of the animes that i enjoy that's kind of like a mix between i think it's one of those like combination genres um but it's called spice and wolf Mm. yeah and it's like a really great uh kind of um blend of like the slice of life where it's like just relationships between characters and they're just kind of like dicking around and doing stuff and like traveling and Um, and also like the kind of supernatural, like what it's sort of a quest or like a coming of age, sort of Mm -hmm. self-fulfilling journey kind of story. And then also like these like long expository passages about the medieval
0: economics of their world. And you're just (laughs) like, this is actually kind of cool. Like (laughs) I got to watch that for the cadastral survey stuff. Oh, you did? I really (laughs) want to know about the, (laughs) the Kokudaka system back then. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we 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 did an episode about the political economy of medieval Japan. Yeah, that was the first one I was we're on. We're on nerds. Is, yeah, so that's that's <laughs> what I'm making jokes <laughs> about here. Um, okay, so I uh, I tried to find like kind of uh, studies of like the business of YouTube, not like the YouTube okay. corporation itself, but like the people that are on it, because like a lot of money goes through it, but it's not necessarily like the the YouTube site itself. It's like the creators that are getting it. There's mm-hmm. like a whole economy on there. Yeah. But it was very hard to find any. The only thing I could really find was the 2018 list of highest paid YouTubers. <laughs> so I, remember I guess when that <laughs>
1: list came out too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess we could just talk about that because that's all I really have on that subject. <laughs> so, um, so the 2018 list of highest paid YouTubers Uh, there's gonna be a lot of names that people recognize, I think, and maybe some that we don't, Uh, definitely some that I didn't. Um, so number 10, everyone knows Logan Paul, uh, who made, uh, $14.5 million in 2018. (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) size, we're all just sighing. (laughs) Like, damn it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this number, this number includes like merch and stuff. So it's not just like monetization or anything. It's not like that crazy. I mean it is, but it's not. Um, but yeah, so we all know Logan Paul. He's basically uh, what you get if a hot couch guy gets fifteen million dollars in a reality TV level of production quality. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I don't know if he is like engendering parasocial interaction because I oh, couldn't is. get myself to watch enough of his <laughs> videos to tell. Yeah, he
1: definitely is. That's a lot of. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Nerd City. Uh that I would be careful with because a lot of their, like, they're very friendly with, like, anti-SJW centrist channels, so kind of take it with a grain of salt, but they did a video about one of the Paul brothers that was a lot, like, like, I don't think they ripped me off at all, I don't think they're aware of my work, but it was very similar to Fake Friends too. and just went through, like, how much of his video was him asking children to buy his merchandise to be part of, like, his cult. It's, like, it's really, really interesting and really messed up. Just, like, all of the weird, like, gross, (laughs) incestuous stuff in their videos, and Uh, Like, weird stuff with their mom. Uh, Yeah, but I would definitely say he... But the thing about him is he is, like, predatory on, like, very, very young fans who cannot separate what is an advertisement versus what is entertainment. And the video talks Uh about how on, like, PBS shows, like, if you're watching Dora the Explorer, or not PBS shows, but I guess general children's programming, you cannot advertise for the show during the show. Like, you can't advertise Dora merchandise legally during Dora the Explorer. So technically, the Paul brothers are, like, breaking the law. But anyway, mm. that's uh, Nerd wow. City has a video about all that stuff. But anyway, mm. yeah, I would say for him having watched some of his stuff, it's awful and he's definitely being very predatory on young children in a parasocial kind of way.
0: Yeah, that's like 80s kids cartoons kind of shit. Like uh right? mm. like the Smurfs yeah. and the uh, oh, yeah. G.I. Joe and all that stuff. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. absolutely.
1: but legally you could not have like a literal G.I. Joe commercial run during the runtime of G- my understanding from the Nerd City video. But he's okay. just talking about Hey, check out my yeah, merch. Check out my that. merch. Ask your parents to yeah i'll link y'all that whenever we're done
3: well i guess i guess you know we could really uh jump on this bandwagon and um offer a discount code to all of our under 18 listeners and uh (laughs) and really roll in their in their young money
0: (laughs) yeah if anyone wants to nag their parents for a neighbor science t-shirt uh let me know (laughs) um okay so uh so I guess yeah, parasocial, yes, mm-hmm. on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, number nine is PewDiePie, everyone's favorite Swedish alien man.
1: <laughs> uh, he just keeps digging that hole.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it it can't be that deep yet because uh, he's he made fifteen point five million dollars in twenty eighteen. <laughs> um, and uh, he's one of those let's play type guys, I think. Like, he does, like, Minecraft stuff. Oh, yeah. Literally, the only videos I've seen of his are the ones where he, like, says Nazi shit. And then I, like, go watch it to be like, <laughs> he, is he actually saying Nazi shit or are people overreacting? And I'm like, nope, no one's overreacting.
1: He, <laughs> like, I think he did more Let's Play stuff and now he does more commentary stuff. Like, uh-huh. uh, here I am with the news. And he wasn't as bad, but especially as of late, yeah, he had Ben Shapiro on.
2: Oh, It's yeah, like, how yeah. can you...
1: <laughs> Because I watched a lot of, like, Edgelord YouTubers, and I kind of sometimes, I think I make excuses for stuff, but at a certain point of PewDiePie, it was just like, not that I was, like, a fan of his stuff, I was just aware. It was like, well, it's not that bad, then it got really bad. It's like, yeah, I, he's awful.
0: What these liberals <laughs> don't understand is that it doesn't even make sense to play Minecraft. Like, everything is a block.
1: <laughs> In reality,
0: things are not blocks,
3: okay? <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings.
1: <laughs> no, he literally had record, had Ben Shapiro record a video for him. It wasn't just him. Oh. They worked. Oh, yeah, it's awful.
0: Did you see that video that that was going around Twitter recently that was like uh, someone, I think it was uh, Jack Wagner, put like a filter on Ben Shapiro to make him look like a baby?
1: (laughs) I did. I never watched it, but I saw it. I meant to.
0: I'm sure the filter wasn't working too hard. Yeah, all all (laughs) the replies were like, what's the difference?
1: (laughs) Was it Rob Wisman who made it sound like Ben Shapiro's voice was coming out of a locker? Like in a, like you been in a locker. And you put like I a think locker. it was. was Robinson yeah. or <laughs> Dogbunner or somebody. That was funny. I don't condone bullying, but that was funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do condone bullying, only, but only Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Specifically him <laughs> and nobody else. Um, all right. So, number eight is uh, Jack Septic Eye, who uh, appeared uh, often in your Fake Friends series. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, first of all, very, very strange name to me. I really. Yeah, what the hell? Well, I was confused by that. It's like okay, he's, you have sepsis in your eye? <laughs> okay. How charming. Um so he de- for sure is like engendering like parasocial interaction. Um but it seemed like from like your more recent video that he's like trying to back off on that like a little bit at least.
1: Hopefully, I haven't really kept up with him okay. since I made that, but he I think it wasn't he, that he was like, "Oh, this is exploiting my fans." He was like, "This is killing me. Right, and I don't have right. a life, and I'm very depressed."
0: Yeah, <sighs> yeah. He does seem like a like a very nice person, like a huh. very like good hearted person. Because mm. his whole thing I don't know if you saw this part in, in her video, but his mm. whole thing was like, "It makes me feel bad that like I can't be friends with every single person that watches my videos." Huh. Wow, that's and, and maybe really... he's like putting putting us on or whatever, but well, like,
3: sure, yeah.
0: you know, I mean, he could be. I tried know, to do that at least, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. <yeah. laughs>
1: I mean, that's a delusion that anyone could actually do that.
0: He's yeah.
1: Also, he came up, th- I didn't talk about this in the video, but he actually got famous off of PewDiePie giving him a shout out. So they're very good friends. Oh wow! And that series that PewDiePie had that got canceled because he said the N word or the <laughs> kill all Jews thing or whatever, Jacksepticeye was a big part of. So he suffered directly because of PewDiePie's being terrible, but he still, like, defends him and his friends with him and stuff. And he actually, I have a part of the video, one of my friends, I got him to record the line uh, saying, Jack is a cuck, from a YouTube (laughs) video about Jacksepticeye, and that was because he was like, yeah, it sucked that my friend was anti-Semitic or racist or whatever, I'm kind of disappointed in him. And everyone was like, he backstabbed him, he's terrible. So people get into these weird, he he eventually took the video down, I don't remember if it was about the kill all Jews thing or the N-word thing. But Jacksepticeye made a video saying, I still love my friend and he's a good person, but this was a mistake. Yeah. And then people were like, what a cock. Yeah. Lipcock stabbing him in the back. It's like, wow.
0: It's weird how there's there's those like faction splits. Like if if two like celebrity type people are like friends and then they have mm-hmm. some disagreement, there's like this big faction split of right. like the Jacksepticeye <laughs> people and the, the Swedish alien
2: people. <laughs> well, they're still
1: yeah. friends too. He was just like, this was a bad thing my friend did. And then he got so much harassment off of it, he had to delete it. But anyway, they're very, they are very—they kind of, their channels and their histories are kind of intertwined in an interesting way. Because Jacksepticeye is like, I don't care if he used they, them pronouns on my mascot. And like, I love disabled gamers. And this, and like, he's very nice and very progressive. And then PewDiePie is like saying the N-word.
0: So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> very weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh Oh, he made, uh Jacksepticeye made 16 million last year. These are crazy numbers, man. It's yeah. just a one year. Um. Damn.
3: I mean, I can barely count to ten. I don't know
0: how many tens well, they're. We do is. a lot of shit so with <laughs> sixteen million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Fund the DSA in the whole country. <laughs> yeah. Right. I could clear my oh, rent. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. So number seven, <clears throat> I had never heard of. It's uh called Vanoss Gaming. <clears> hmm. <throat> they made seventeen million. <clears> hm, <throat> So they're one million dollars better than Jacksepticeye. <laughs> um. And, uh, it seems like they do, like, McKinema-type, like, goofing around stuff, which is, like, that's pretty fun. Um, but most of these I've only seen, like, one one or two partial views of a video. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I could be wrong about that description of them. Have you yeah, heard of them, I mean, Shannon?
1: I think I looked at this list when it came out, but I did not, I'm not really familiar with them either. Yeah. And that sounds less, like you said, less parasocial.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they, uh, they weren't showing their faces in the videos that I watched, um... I think I saw another thing where they did show their faces, but they were just, like, playing characters and, like, like doing goofy shit. Uh-huh. Which, I, I like that kind of stuff. I used to like uh, Red versus Blue back in the day. I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. a huge fan of, like, some of yeah. my friends, but, like, yeah. they would play it all the time and it'd just be like, yeah, this is great. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like maybe their maybe their success is based on a little bit more of, like, a, just have a straightforward kind of, like, technical gaming
0: kind of thing. Yeah, it's, so it's just like, like a... You it's know, just like putting a on a chill. play with a video game. Right, yeah. You know? That's that's fun and creative. Oh yeah, totally, yeah.
1: Did you watch that G4 show called Portal that was like the whole show was machinima?
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: It was weird. And anyway, th- there was like an entire like actual show on cable TV that had these different characters in this like universe that was just like recording World of Warcraft or whatever. I don't know why I watched it, but I did.
0: What what year was that, do you think? 2002 was to like 2004. The first one? Yeah, that's wild. Cause YouTube came out in 2004. Yeah. I, like I don't even remember like how how videos like went around the internet before YouTube really.
3: <laughs> I, I
1: remember I mean, going was, to the, an, was, the, like, the anime grounds. music videos site yeah. to see AMVs. You'd have to download the video over your uh, dial-up to watch like a shitty AMV. Yeah, it's like just, there was there
0: yeah. was like Newgrounds animations, and the, uh-huh. that was all Flash stuff. Uh-huh. I think some people put like real video on that on there, but it was like since it was vector graphics, it was like huge, yep. gigantic file sizes, so it was like not practical.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: This this just keeps reminding me. I mean, like
3: we're talking about this like early days stuff, and it just reminds me of like the difference between like the older and younger millennials and Zoomers, and like how we were like oh yeah back in the day you just didn't know shit and you didn't see shit you just did other things in your life (laughs) and like all these young kids are like how did you not know this how did you not know that you're like because you don't have have fucking Wikipedia you don't have any of this shit you're reading books that like racists wrote for you you know
0: and and McKinema was barely a thing you know yeah (laughs) back in my day McKinema was just playing video games with your friends (laughs) Yeah, yeah. back in
3: my day parasocial relationships happened in the fucking library you know
1: (laughs) Damn. Damn, it's true.
3: Yeah, you're like fantasizing about Bob Cratchit or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was a good choice of character. Um, uh, you know what? I just went with a decent guy that does no wrong. <laughs> uh, so, number six is Mark Applier, who uh, we mentioned. He does like uh, like kind of like a variety of things. I mean, he does the standard video game shit that like every single person in the top 10 seems to do. Yeah. Uh, but he also does like try not to laugh challenges, which that was like, I watched that. It was kind of fun to watch, I guess. I definitely wouldn't like spend much of my time watching it, but yeah, oh, for yeah. doing research, I enjoyed watching that. Sure, it was yeah, some funny yeah. shit. It was funny to like watch someone try not to laugh. Um, he recently started an athleisure brand. I hate that word, athleisure, <laughs> with uh, Jack. The Setekai. trailers
1: are so cringy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Just like dudes that wear Under Armour when they're like sitting around like at yeah. McDonald's or whatever. Just, it makes me yeah. fucking
3: just insane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. So their brand is called Cloak. Cool. And they sell like $35 shirts and $85 hoodies. God damn it. Why aren't we doing this, Ryan? Well, we sell $18 shirts.
3: Shannon, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> just just sell like $300 tank tops that say parasocial on it or something. <laughs> Or not parasocial? Or not parasocial? Yeah, you get a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with parasocial
0: or some bullshit. Whether you want to lean into your insanity or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to be right. mentally healthy, right? You could, They could be two sided <laughs> shirts. Yeah. So Markiplier, I, I think definitely is. he yeah. Like, because his videos are very much like you're hanging out with your friend kind of. Yeah,
3: thing. yeah. I was gonna say like he's like the try not to laugh thing. It's like it's all very like emotionally evocative stuff. Yeah, definitely parasocial in, in my, you know neophyte
0: view <laughs> so number five another person who is canceled for using gamer words uh but also the most famous person on here i think by far i knew about him from like 2002 jeffrey star uh who made uh 18 million dollars i guess just in youtube and merch because he has a cosmetics line uh that p- pulls in hundred million dollars um it's insane I'm trying to remember the name of the cosmetics. My my girlfriend told me like last week when I brought this up to her, but uh, yeah, oh. I can't remember. But um, yeah, like, like he started on MySpace, if I remember right. <laughs> oh my god, he was just I doing like that. songs on MySpace. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so real real throwback stuff there. Yeah. Um, did you ever like see Jeffrey Star back in the day, Shannon?
1: Yes, he is interesting. And that yes. his personal life That's one is way to all put over it. <laughs> the, uh, everything. He did a series of videos with Shane Dawson that was like inside Shane the Dawson. life of Jeffree you know Star. Shane Dawson is another very big YouTuber. Okay. Who's had a lot of stupid controversies about. Uh, in the past, he wore blackface and he made jokes about having sex with his cat and. Oh, 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 that's the guy. Shane Dawson,
3: yeah. sex with your cat, Shane Dawson. Okay. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah.
1: Oh,
0: that from like,
1: that oh, okay. Okay,
3: okay. Now I understand <laughs> <Yeah>. everything.
1: <laughs> I would say Jeffrey Star. Also Sorry, it's just such a
3: white boy name. I just like was like, sure, Shane Dawson, whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah the two first name name.
1: Shane Dawson is like, he's queer and very open about it. And he also has struggled with like eating disorders and stuff. And I think the way he mm, talks about that mm. stuff is very healthy.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But then he's just like a terrible person. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, right uh, Yeah, I think, like, this is, it kind of it, it makes me think of, like, my, my Like, view of, like, personal power Which is that, like, the process of getting power Is what corrupts you Like, people always say, like, power corrupts And I'm like, no, 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 it's the process of getting there yeah. And then once you're there, mm-hmm. nobody says no to you You know, unless yeah. they're more oh, powerful yeah. than you Right, and so I think that, like, this person Is somebody who has, like, um, you know Like, pain and, and, and disorder in their, in their internal life And yet they got this stuff and they got this money and power and this influence and this parasocial thing, which, of course, like really feeds into like the distortions in your personality or your or your artificial kind of persona. Mm -hmm. And then, like,
0: I can imagine how, especially like Jeffree Star, you said he was one month older than you. Right, And he was famous in, like, 2001 or Ex- exactly, 2002. Exactly, right. Like, that's a long time, and especially
3: going through all the waves of, like, social media yeah. development and everything. You were, everything. what, like, 13
0: at that point? Um, 2002? Yeah. was we in, like, 15. 15?
1: Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. way too young.
0: Yeah, right? definitely too young to become yeah. famous. Because, like, like, if you become, like, really famous, it kind of insulates you up. from, like, developing. Exactly.
3: I think. Exactly. That's why I remember people saying how, like, Oh, you know Miley Cyrus. She's actually doing really well for a child celebrity, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, I mean, it's not a
0: bad point, but holy fuck, when you like, put it where that we way, we put the bar for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, they're doing really well for someone who was trapped in a cave for 20 years, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, well, <laughs> a that's a pretty low bar to money. clear, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it
3: actually kind of brings up the question. Like, I mean, I think this kind of has come up in in celebrity culture, as in like the lived experience. Uh, uh in Hollywood and in similar kinds of uh sort of uh micro societies, subcultures, whatever. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. is like all these people are sub- celebrities and it's connected to celebrities in some way. They're all they've all got like a parasocial base uh and, and and lifestyle. Um and you gotta wonder like how much of their relationships with each other are essentially parasocial rather than like isn't this
0: why they all go fucking insane? Yeah, there was a There was some drama recently on Beauty YouTube Mm -hmm. with this, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest uh, people on there, uh, Tati, and uh, this guy that she was friends with, James Charles. Mm I didn't really get all the details, but like, Mm -hmm. basically like, uh, he like, oh, it was like something. I don't know how true this is because I'm always wary of this exact like trope kind of thing about Uh gay men, which is like supposedly he was like, Trying to seduce straight men, into having sex with him. I mean, it is a thing. Yeah, that is done by some right. people. Yeah, and so like he was like basically canceled for that. He lost like a hundred thousand followers or something, or two hundred thousand followers. Wait, he was or canceled like for
3: seducing other men.
0: <laughs> yeah, I and uh, okay. I, What was like it like Tati, a misuse kind of, of like
1: power a, kind of thing. I, like like I, kept kept up yeah, up I get yeah, I get the cr-
3: like if it's like a power thing and that's yeah. fucked up. Like I know that like one of my friends in a different city um, bragged to me about like seducing this married guy because he kind of found like an in somehow. And he like told me how it all worked. And I was like, it's like people who okay. brag about like, like being
0: able to hypnotize people. Right, right, <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. It's similar, right? Like I, don't like I was that. like, okay, I mean, I like, I see these things a bit less, uh, binaristically. So like, I, I think he just was into you and like, fuck him for cheating on his spouse. But like, okay, you know, if that's how you want to see it, you know, like I would cancel somebody for like getting into like a cheating thing as opposed to like just seducing quote unquote straight men.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's it's but interesting, interesting like, w- other shit. Yeah, it's interesting when like they like they were friends before, and then like Tati made a video about how she's like, oh, I didn't know this was happening, and like I'm not I'm not gonna be friends with this guy anymore. Interesting. And like, yeah, it's it's interesting that. That went that way and then like the thing with PewDiePie and Jacksepticeye went the opposite way. Yeah, that is which I think is more the more common route, which is like Yeah. you just like circle the wagons around your friend. Right, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Faction. She disputes ended up being like that. a ton of subscribers because of it too. Huh. Huh. So I don't know, maybe maybe there was some self interested element in it, but I don't know. It's impossible to know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's another element of like probably another element anyway of like the parasocial um kind of the murkiness of it. Yeah. Um is that you the the line between what you put on and like like your performance, you know, right. your persona, your artifice and um what you really want and feel and think. Yeah. Is so blurred and
0: so indecipherable. Cuz like even in these videos where it's just someone talking to a camera like they still mm-hmm. are a character. Yeah, It's just like a mm-hmm. character version of themselves usually. Right.
3: Right. And this is why, like, not to over uh, overvalue or, like, take too seriously, like, the studies or quote-unquote studies, whatever, uh, I'm not a psychologist, of, like, things like um, psychopathy, sociopathy, et cetera, but, like, one of the things that uh, at least I've read about is the kind of the mask of sanity and the mask of morality, like, they try to just, like, They don't have, like, a guilt or or shame mechanism, and so they're just like, well, I'm going to act like what people want people to act like, and then I'll try to get what I want, and there's nothing Mm -hmm. else going on, so they, like, there's, like, a dissonance between what they portray and what they are doing in secret and so forth, and I think that it's interesting how, like, that's the same sort of thing that's happening with the parasocial...
0: All I know is uh, True is going to rip on you for that. Oh, I know. That's and and what also I'm saying pretend is like, that he, he doesn't listen to our podcast. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> of course, True, you don't listen to our podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I don't see, like, a valuable difference between, say, like, quote-unquote sociopathic performance and whatever and just, like, anybody else just performing a thing to get another thing. You right. know, like, it's all just human behavior. We're all just, you know... We all Shakespeare just live playing in a, society, a bit on stage exactly on this right. Crazy rock in going a society, through space exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and and um, to me, what's what is important is like you know yeah the consequences of your actions and like also to some extent your intent because in, which can be somewhat determined maybe yeah you know
0: yeah I don't want to live in a world where someone gets fifteen million dollars after saying gamer words <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but we do live in that world yeah like I keep like. As you go down this list, I'm just like, I wouldn't pay money to any of these people. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next one is another one I haven't heard of. Dan TDM. uh, Which, this was the only one on this list where I watched like five seconds of it. And I was like, I can't watch this. (laughs) Because it's just like him doing like video game shit, but having like the most exaggerated reactions to it ever. Mm -hmm. Like he starts playing it. He's like... Oh my God! This is about to happen! Whoa! And like his face is like really big. I'm just like, what are you doing, uh, man? This uh-huh. is not good. So, so what
3: I'm hearing is that like he's actually doing that to play to people in the audience who live like that, who just react, overreact to everything, for whom everything Make is the drama. face and go, ah, yeah, just like whoa, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because like there are those people, and like there are yeah. people I think who also like find a kind of release. In like yeah again, like we live in a society right, like yeah, people who have final release in like ex- like allowing themselves to have exaggerated emotion because right. they're like pent up all day, yeah, you know, so maybe that's what's going on there is that he's playing into that, right, right, especially because like the internet and in in general is is like so often one of those two things it's either like everything is exaggerated and crazy, and like so it's like over the top. Or it's that kind of ironic detachment. Everything's chill.
0: Jesse oh, are Farah. you mad? Are you mad? Are you mad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah so, the deadpan. Like. Yeah. Like, I, I recorded a video of myself doing a Bernie Sanders impression because yesterday because I was bored at work. And, like... <laughs> I would have I was, to post like, this. I was, like, kind of put off. I I did post it. Oh, you did? Was, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, but right. I was, like, kind of put off by, like, how flat my facial expression is. I was, like, man, I have just, like, no emotion in my face yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, um,
3: consistently when... Um, Americans go overseas people say like that they notice you know who's American and who's not and not just because of like say you know oh they're they're white they must be American because there's plenty of Europeans and stuff there it's they ask for like Waldorf salads and shit like that you know? well specifically <laughs> like before they do anything they're like no it's actually because of your big cheesy fucking smiles you know <laughs> like you you insist on affect right in in the states Um, Whereas in many other places, there's like, there's some kind of like, fairly ritual expressions and like, but like, you know, you get caught in a photo and you're just like, hi, it's me, you know, like, whatever.
1: (laughs) Um. I I was just going to say, it's also different when your main audience is 12 year old boys. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes girls are mostly 12 year old boys. And so kind of being, I mean, PewDiePie, if you watch his old videos, he screamed a lot Uh and had uh that kind of overly affected emotional reactions uh-huh. to games. And like people make fun of Markiplier cuz he cries so much.
2: Oh, does he? How much <laughs> he cries
1: a lot in his videos and I don't honestly don't know if it's an affectation or if he's just a very emotional person, which is fine, but sometimes it might be an
3: Maybe affectation. Maybe both, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, like, you I, kind I of will find admit that, that, part that of I cry
1: exactly way more that, than
0: anyone should. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> I mean, that's fine though. That's just it's just that's your emotional <laughs> bandwidth. It's just like is he doing that so he looks more vulnerable to cuz like Markiplier and Jacksepticeye right. yeah, both have like right. a bigger female audience cuz they're like relatively attractive young men and they're like more vulnerable and emotional and stuff so girls respond to that and it's like how much of that is cynical and they're all underage and it's really weird
3: yeah yeah absolutely I think I mean it it reminds me again like kind of analogizing to the world of um like writing um stories and like identifying your audience and being extremely um especially because in the 20th century uh writers learned to be very conscientious about um Or I should say, maybe not so conscientious, but conscious of and targeted toward a a particular market, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. an audience within that market. And to understand, like, again, this kind of construction of genres and stuff, like we were talking about with anime. um, You're like, oh, like, I am drawn to and enjoy, maybe not both at the same time uh, with any given project, but uh, I'm, I'm drawn to and enjoy writing like a... A mystery novel and then I make my career on mystery novels because blah, blah 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 and then you have to understand the kind of people who are drawn to that mm-hmm. in that day and my age mom. yeah exactly <laughs> my mom as well and I, <laughs> I enjoy the occasional mystery novel but also like also not-
2: my
3: mom <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh yeah moms love the mystery novels especially you know like uh oh, what was her name uh, Agatha Christie. Uh, well there's Agatha Christie yes and like uh, Dorothy Sayers uh, and, and then but there was also this um, woman Elizabeth something who did a bunch of like um, Egyptian archaeology mysteries. Oh, yeah. And there was... Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and my mom was like, she fucking burned through that shit. And then there was another one that was like based in like, I think Botswana and, or something. And it was this African woman who would like use common sense to solve mysteries. And my mom would like eat that shit up. Quote every fucking line in the book to me. And, sh- and I'd be like, that's cool, mom. And then like, you know... <laughs> and I love my mom, so I listen. But like... <laughs> and And it's an interesting thing because it's like the parasocial is... It, uh, who was it? Who regretted? Was it um, who regretted not being able to to form a, like a, a friendship with everybody?
1: It was Jacksepticeye,
3: right? So this is where there's like a kind of a f- uh, social and em- maybe a potentially empathic f- like feedback problem where you're manipulating people to get their shit, right? Yeah. Their money, their attention, and then at the same time, if you're somebody with any semblance of a soul you're like these are people these are souls these are whatever yeah you know uh and and i wish you know maybe it's like they they have to understand these people so then they they begin to like take on that burden that weight again if they care at all if they don't care then this is just money right this is just a matter of of, again it's you are the ad
1: that's what i see the paul brothers as like these these 13 year old fans of ours are money machines
3: yeah yeah so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because it's either dark because they're, they're kind of evil or it's dark because they're good, but this is how they make a living. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and if like you an have any level of
1: empathy, I think, I think if you have any level of like concern about manipulating people or exploiting people, then doing, or like doing what I do is just like terrifying because I make my money off Patreon yeah, and I'm yeah, really like, yeah. conflicted about it and feel weird about it and, <laughs> uh, so I try very hard not to use the the parasocial ways of making yeah. money. But sometimes you can't escape it. Like, if you have any of your personality and anything, people will respond to it. I can't just, like, be a robot. That would drive me crazy, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, know. I guess you want people to feel, like, some connection to you, you know? Right. It's just, just like, not
1: feel like I have to mute every aspect of my personality.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the most important thing is just to like set clear boundaries, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think you said, said such in your video.
1: I'm very big on boundaries. And people get upset if you establish boundaries, yeah. they get offended. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> I'll just go live in a cave. <gasps>
0: right. Why do you have a fence around your house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so, number three oh, is yeah, let's, uh, let's my, my personal favorite on the list, actually, <laughs> which is called uh, Dude Perfect. Uh, they made $20 million Which Not not as much Because they share it Between all of them And they have like So much higher production value Than like all the other guys uh-huh. Uh huh So it's easily The most dude bro thing I've ever seen on YouTube <laughs> It's like Dudes in, in Backwards trucker hats Doing uh-huh. like Super fancy beer pong shots And shit like that <laughs> Okay And they do like They have some like uh, Like Rube Goldberg machine videos Which oh, are really fun okay That's cool Um, But it's mostly just like Doing like trick shots And shit like that Right They have like this big like it's almost like a like they bought out an old YMCA center. Like, oh, I almost wow. wondered if that's so they, what they did. they got a big space then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's, like, a basketball court and, like, uh-huh. like areas for, like, beer pong tables and, like, huh. th- like, a huge space where they can build a giant real-life Rube Goldberg machine. And, like, uh, yeah, it's that shit is fun, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah. I said it's sort of like uh, real-life Wallace and Gromit if they were both in the same frat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they're parasocial at all because they're very much like, oh... Uh, Just watch this cool shit that we do.
3: Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like uh,
0: to me. It sounds similar to
3: the Fanos Gaming one, which is like we're just doing like a playthrough of like an interesting thing. Yeah, and it just happens to be something that kind of tickles people's brains enough, you know, that we can make money on it and we got a following. And like, there's yeah, it doesn't sound like it's it's a ton of like this weird. yeah, like like personality bonding stuff going on. It's just like, hey, look at this cool, cool, weird shit. That yeah, we the only did. time they're
0: like looking into the camera and talking to you is mm-hmm. when they're like, hey, this is what we're about to do. Like, enjoy right. the video. Like, it's <laughs> real straightforward. Kind of yeah. Um,
1: do you think there's any element with like them or the Vanos gaming people of like these seem like fun guys who I'd like to be friends with, even if it's not true. deliberate right, or like that. super yeah. personal. That is still the parasocial. Like, I really like. I talk about Red Letter Media. They're not personal, but they yeah. still have an insane fan base, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. That is very invested in their personal. Yeah. Lives. Okay.
3: Okay. That's yeah. That's a good point.
1: Uh, so it's, sometimes hmm. it's not even that they did it delibri- deliberately. It's like, but if you watch this and you're like, I like to get a beer with these guys, then it's like, oh, uh,
0: yeah. Even that's if that's right, only true. in the mind right. of people watching it. I think though, with Red Letter Media, though, you see much more of them like hanging out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whereas the uh, the Dude Perfect guys, it's very much like really short. To the point videos. They're like, "Here's that, that the thing sense. we're gonna do. Enjoy, do it, and then that's that's the end of the video."
1: That seems better. Whereas Red Letter <laughs>
0: Media stuff, it's like, like, "Oh, we're just hanging out and talking about movies with each other." Right. It's like less of a less of a hangout thing for the Dude Perfect guys, and more of a like, "This like is our job, stuff. and we we did this piece of work here, and we're gonna show it to you." Hmm. Makes sense. I don't know. I could be wrong. I only watched like three videos, but they're very enjoyable. <laughs> Well, as soon as we see one episode where they're, like, crying at the, the camera, then we'll know. We'll know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> making a Rube Goldberg machine to open up loot boxes. <laughs> uh. Uh, okay, so number two is everyone's favorite, uh, Jake Paul, uh, who made $21.5 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the hot couch guy's younger brother. Uh, that loves fighting. Uh, that was like the weirdest thing that I noticed about him was like he has a bunch of videos where he's like, "I want to challenge someone to a fight. I'm going to see if this person's willing to fight me." It's like, what? what? Why? <laughs> okay. Why don't you just go take a karate class, dude? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sure the fights get a lot of it. Cause didn't they do fights on pay per view? Yes. So it's just yeah. He money. did like a
0: like it's a boxing money. match. Yeah, it's wow. like how much Holy money
1: shit. can I milk out of my fan base? Jeez. in like new and creative <laughs> that's ways.
0: ridiculous. I mean, that's like, I think that is like the least offensive one, honestly. Like, <laughs> pay-per-view is a normal thing that already mm, happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to like, watch two amateur guys just fight, I guess. Yeah. Like, as long as they're doing it in like, <laughs> like a controlled setting, as opposed to just like, hey, let's just go fight. <laughs> Yeah, are you are you actually
3: referring specifically to the Zijek Peterson debate? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> because that was like a three hour amateur boxing match.
0: We are here in the Japanese suicide forest,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> where we belong. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's funny too, 'cause like Peterson has a huge parasocial fan base. Oh, Absolutely. It's just, like, yeah. it's that's just, the like, only terrifying. reason he's got
3: any money at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this is actually one of the interesting things about like the uh a lot of the um Well well, well actually okay. Slightly deep cut. But like um this is kind of one of the problems with like uh the fascist uh sort of drive right like the fascist sort of movement if you will is that it's com- so much of it it's not completely but it's so much of it is kind of this weird parasocial like some alpha some apex some idealized yeah, your figure dad. your dad or yep. someone else's dad who you really like but who what you want to be your <laughs> yeah. dad yeah um and in fact as we were beginning the episode i didn't want to like say this yet but like i think about especially uh organized religion is having an extremely like it's like an embedded abstract parasociality to it right like the sky dad with sky dad right you know and like sky bro jesus and like and even in like polytheistic systems as long as it's this kind of organized thing you're like oh yeah like my blue buddy and my elephant (laughs) buddy and yeah you know and like because because there's this kind of sense of of like you want to connect you know it's our nature but like so forth uh but then like you kind of find these characters that that exist mostly in your own head and they exist there primarily in their form because of your emotional needs right and that's i think what all of this really boils down to in a in a very reductive sense but i think it comes out to yeah organized religion it comes out to like um
0: the kind of fascistic impulses in people basically living in state society has like destroyed our ability to have normal relationships with people. And so we seek them out in other like unhealthier ways, like, like an invisible sky dad or a guy who tells you to clean your room and that you're a lobster or whatever. No, that's not that's also like <laughs> No states are Jordan good. You Peterson
1: see. can never personally disappoint you the same way you're right. The way that your real dad can 'Cause your real yeah, dad is like yeah. human and Peterson you know, is just like ideal I personally I don't like to talk about religion. I just kinda leave that as sure, stuff yeah, yeah, that's like yeah, the personal right. uh so I am not gonna talk about that. But um Sure. The, sure. In even in the original piece on parasocial relationships, I think that Horton and Wool did, it's this idea of like this I mean people get cancelled and stuff now, but a real person can annoy you and you find out the bad sides of them and, and you, you have to right. deal with them in real life. But uh you know, I got a lot edit of comments. Themselves. A lot of comments on fake friends too that were like, "Well, at least my fake friends won't disappoint me." It's like, "Well, that's sad."
0: (laughs) People were very defensive and angry. But I think that's an aspect of disappointment, I guess. Yeah.
1: If someone hurts you, you're like, "Well, I'll never be hurt again. I'll just watch YouTube videos in my bed all day." It's like that's sad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, If that's the way you want to live your life.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say about Jordan Peterson with the debate thing. I was reading like people tweeting about it, and they were saying like. Zizek was basically like wiping the floor of them because he ha- he actually reads books and Peterson doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Or like he reads books on the stuff they were talking about at least, and right. so I fully expected it to be like the when prophecy fails type thing where people would be like, all of Peterson's fans would be like, no, he actually is right. The- people just don't understand why right, he's right. right, 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 yeah. But like people were posting screenshots from like 4chan and stuff, <laughs> and there were a lot of people who were like. He actually wasn't right about some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should like read more about the read things they're talking about. Ha,
3: ha. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the world isn't gonna go. Maybe she my new Told me to clean <laughs> my room. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Really, <laughs> right? it is. It's
1: just like a cult of who owns who.
3: That yeah. is definitely uh, true. Uh, yeah.
1: Was it? I I think uh, like a Piker was just on Chapo and talked about that, like doing Twitch uh-huh. and how it's just he's just like kind of. Like, if you have a backbone and you you ha- and you can be funny and charismatic, that's all these people care about? It's not really yep. necessarily about their politics?
0: Yep. Yes.
1: Not necessarily saying yep. Jujic is charismatic, but...
0: In a way, yeah. 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 He's a fun person to watch, like, speak.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, he's a yeah. really,
0: yeah. like, fun character of a right. person. Yeah. But yeah. his politics, I-, I don't know, I haven't seen anything, like good from him. Yeah. It's just like... Well, he gets, oh, he's a he Marxist, gets, like, so I guess he's good? <laughs>
1: he's like mad about trans people in bathrooms. I remember I read something he wrote about trans people then. I yeah, yeah,
3: I heard that. Yeah. yeah, problematic and all that. Yeah, that sucks. But I mean, it's all Like That's I said, not it's not all just like all.
1: this weird cult of owning yeah.
3: people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think like... I think like a lot of people want to... I mean, this is, you know, the the left parasocial, you know, uh, side of things. like a lot of people maybe including myself, I don't know. We just want Zizek to be one of the delightful creatures in Where the Wild Things Are. <laughs> you know, like, and you're like, oh, what a nice dream that, where, like, I was guided through this wilderness in my psyche by, like, a strange man who speaks in riddles and Marxian philosophy. I was lost, <laughs>
0: and this guy with a weird lisp and a coke habit <laughs> yeah, came and guided yeah, me yeah. to the outside yeah. the
3: forest. I'm like, hey, cool. You know,
0: like, that worked out. <laughs> um, so... Let's let's get through number one here. We're almost done. Yeah, number one the is most sinister of them all. Yeah, he really kind of is. Like he's v- okay. So it's Ryan Toys Review. Just to get it out of the way, this is full, I'm man. not gonna bury the lead. So he's a seven year old kid that reviews toys and like goes to monster trucks and stuff. And like uh, he does cartoons as well. There's like there's like, a bunch of like hour long cartoons on his channel. So they're like putting some budget into this wow. shit. Um, but, this kid does yeah. this himself. Oh, he, well, animates no. and voices these cartoons. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, wow. does. <laughs> that's sorry, I, I didn't yes Andy. <laughs> Yeah, um, and he also now has a Nickelodeon show called Ryan's Mystery Playdate. Oh my god! This kid on Tinder? What the fuck? What? No, you said you know
3: Ryan's Mystery Playdate. Oh, <laughs> that's basically Tinder. What the fuck are they doing with this child? Nickelodeon is perverting our youth. <laughs> well, that's not new. <laughs> so this kid reviews toys.
0: Yeah, so Does he monster like, truck rallies? Yeah, he like goes to monster trucks and watch monster trucks and stuff. Like watching part of some, his channel. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just like, like, I was going, like to, they going, don't going to see monster in, like, like reacting in a monster
3: truck. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> drive the monster yeah. truck? Okay. Okay.
0: So I don't know. It seems like very, like kind of manipulative sort of thing. Especially the mystery play date. Like just the name of that so is crazy. like kind of like. uh... I wanna be friends with you sort of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hypothetically, like a toys review channel, that that's fine. So like, oh yeah, kids care about like whether toys are good or not. Yeah. But it's definitely like, I don't know, it seems like he's trying to make a connection to the people that are watching him. Yeah. Um so I, I think he seems like very parasocial. I also though <laughs> I imagine him uh being like really cute in front of the camera and then as soon as they, they cut he, like, some meek adult comes over and, like, sticks a cigar in his mouth and gives him a martini <laughs> while he angry looks at his phone. <laughs> he, like, yells at his assistant. <laughs> He's, like, mumbling, like, get out of my mentions Like, shit. I would read this toy 10 out of 10. And it's, like,
3: cut. And it's, like,
0: where's my fucking cigar?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm seven. I don't have all... <laughs> Damn. So Ryan Ryan's coming up in the world. Ryan's gonna be the next Jeff Bezos, huh?
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, fundamentally, it's kind of unethical to put a seven-year-old on YouTube anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's fucked up.
1: Regardless of how you're doing it. I, th- I think
3: um, actually, maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. I think we should commend Ryan for uh, working his ass off at the age of oh, five and you. six to like. I did work hard to get here
2: to earn.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to earn oh, the oh, like equipment oh, okay. yeah the the equipment you know and and start an account on youtube and do this all himself <laughs> and you know practice his uh his diction you know really develop that persona on his own he's like and, the ultimate uh, pageant kid yeah yeah <clears throat> he's, like he, he's like he really made it he's a libertarian's wet nightmare you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: i just hate um, it so
3: much yeah yep it's really unfortunate actually
1: imagine being five and getting youtube famous and then having your own show God at seven damn. and getting whatever yeah, you crazy. want and oh yeah i would absolutely be a moral brain. monster you will yeah. have no empathy i mean yeah it's like a miracle any like disney kids aren't terrible people in yeah. my opinion
3: yeah or maybe they are terrible people and they just have like better pr than we do
2: <laughs>
3: yeah <You> never know <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: i mean they can't afford that gotta,
3: i guess. gotta maintain the
0: celebrity You know, keep them in racing shape. So uh, I guess the conclusion is, since, what, 8 out of 10 of those were, like, clearly parasocial relationships, yeah, I would say that you probably will get a lot more money uh, making media if you try and, like, uh, develop a fan base that feels like they have a relationship with you. Yeah. Versus if you're just, like, entertaining from an ironic distance.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, like uh again speaking more from like twitter uh experience the people with the people with uh like the people who exercise a lot of ironic distance um in their account uh or or you know whatever they that that also have like a ton of followers um seem to also exercise like calculated vulnerability mm. um and mm. I think it just to really hammer that home the drill account is and probably always will be like the paragon of that calculation yeah. which is they're like I'm an idiot but actually I'm saying a lot of shit and if you catch it you get it right yeah um like I'm 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 speaking in subtext right <laughs> but I'm doing it in like in in like the sh- the scribbles of a third grader basically or like or the you know or like a a guy who's just been like huffing glue all day, you know, and and so Did you see his
0: dunk on the anime Nazi from yesterday. <laughs> I really want he was to like, now. He was like the anime guy was like arguing about some some stupid shit, and mm-hmm. then Drill just replies to him, "Who cares? Pick up a football." <laughs> <laughs> Let's see
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like and that's and, then, and like it's made effective because you know, because Drill usually comes off as so like disjointed and weird and like, you know, and then and yeah. then just like comes out and be like, you know, <laughs> says something <laughs> it's just like classic jock. You know? <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Well, that's interesting to m- mention drill because recently because of some project he was on, his real name got leaked. And people just oh, kind of yeah, decided to right. ignore it. Which right. to me is the opposite of like we were talking about, Red, I, don't, I really don't want to get into details, but like with Red Letter Media's fan base or, or with p- other people right. that I've followed, the second- Yeah, maybe there was like about a concerted effort like,
0: for people to not know his name. Like people didn't yeah. want to reveal it, which is Which to me cool, is the
1: opposite, because with, with parasocial stuff, people want more and more. They want to get closer and closer and closer yeah. and, yes. and yeah. know everything that they can and be very invasive, whereas with that, they were like, we want to keep up whatever the separation is. This is what we enjoy about your persona.
0: Right. So, in other words, Drill is the healthiest uh, celebrity on planet Earth.
1: <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. Like, he does make a little bit of money off of Patreon, but there's no exploitative... I mean, he makes a fair amount of money, I think. But it's because he's really funny and consistently funny. And it's like, a pr- the product he puts out are, like, weird tweets.
2: Yeah, he um, put out a, a book certain of all his tweets a kind of, like, recently. American
1: masculinity. And people yeah. love yeah. that. And it's not like, okay, guys, I had a really rough week. Let me tell you about my my, my personal drama.
0: Alright, uh, so the last thing uh, that we want to talk about is uh, just uh, One Piece, because mm-hmm. uh, I know that you're a, a big One Piece fan. Absolutely. Um, so I, I try to get caught up. I'm still six chapters behind, but uh, I'm mostly caught up, and I, I still like where the story's going. I noticed that, like, I mean, the, the class stuff has always been, like, pretty prominent mm-hmm. in the series, but I think it's getting even more so, because they're oh, showing, absolutely. like yeah, they're showing mm. like the like the real cruelty mm. that the like ruling class can can exhibit. oh yeah um, in the in the latest arc. They're just like straight up just like murdering people for like Oof. defying them and stuff like that. it's yeah, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The ruling class murder people who <laughs> defy them. I've never heard of
2: such a thing.
1: <laughs> What's like what is it chapter like three Zoro's being like crucified and starved by Helmeppo? That's more like government, yeah, like military true. stuff. But it was the Tin Reef, the Celestial Dragons, like shooting slaves and whatever. <laughs> in uh, Saboori? Yes. That arc? That was pretty like, wow, this is uh, explicit. And Luffy punching one of them out, being like a... a spoilers, I guess. Uh, being a really big... Yeah, that, yeah I, I mean, if you're that, not
0: caught up to that point, I I think you, you've you missed the boat on avoiding spoilers. <laughs>
1: Um, there, are, I mean, there's not a lot. There are a couple of character deaths you could spoil in One Piece. I think a lot of other stuff doesn't matter as much. But yeah, yeah. I think One Piece messes up sometimes with regard to LGBT stuff or mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. stuff with race. Oh, it's pretty good with stuff with race, although it's fictionalized races like the uh, fishmen. Yes. But class has always been like, rich people are terrible.
0: Yeah, the Skypie, uh arc was really interesting with the, with the race stuff because it was basically like... Can a like can a settler colony like reconcile with the mm. indigenous inhabitants and like oh, yeah. live together? The flashback question. is really
1: interesting and really yeah. like nuanced for One Piece and very just sort of like the tragic misunderstandings between two different cultures, rather than like these people are stupid savages or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that was very interesting. Not that I'm really in a position to like talk authoritatively on colonialism or anything like that. But it could have been a lot worse. Oh, well, we I
0: definitely guess. are. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you say anything wrong, we're gonna just eviscerate you. Yeah, right. Yeah, mega cancelled. Yeah, like there was one. Uh, one panel. I have it in the document here somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, this this one about the Paradise Farm that like I just copied the whole page because I was like, you could just colorize this and it would be like great like communist propaganda poster. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> They show this, like, paradise farm. Like, everything's beautiful and shiny and bountiful. Mm. Mm. And then, like, at the very bottom of the page, you see this, like, ragged child with their hands shaking, like, begging for more food for, like, all the work they did. And uh-huh. the person's basically like, go fuck yourself. Like, this uh-huh. is all you get. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's crazy.
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of like that, what was it, The like, the, the Felix the Cat meme where he's, like... Um, you know Somebody works all day To produce Blah 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 Amount of bread And they can't afford A loaf of bread This can't be right yeah. You know And I yeah I think that's like That's the economics People should be learning Right Like we People go on and on About these like Algorithms of You know In the free market And stuff And it comes down to like You know How much do you Like what, like what do you do And what do you get That's basically
0: it Yeah It's very simple stuff You know Um mm-hmm I think one thing that's really interesting in the latest arc is, like, they have, like, uh, at the part that I'm at right now, um, Luffy is still in a prison, Mm -hmm. and, like, the dynamics of the prison are, like, almost exactly the same as the dynamics outside of the prison. It's just, like, Uh in prison you have shackles and then outside you don't, but it's still, like... You're gonna be starved every day. You have to work for every bit every crumb of food that you mm-hmm. will ever eat. Mm-hmm. You're gonna just gonna get like terrible food and people are just gonna like berate you all day and if you defy them then they will like maim or kill you.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Real Foucault hours I was just in gonna one say, piece you know right wrong. now. <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm gonna splice in that, that clip from home movies where <laughs> Uh, McGurk is just
4: like Wait, he took you to a minimum security prison Right Well, that's not scary at all Those places are, like, nice It was really nice And it was fun I know, they're like condos Rooms with nice furniture A couple people had yards Really? Yeah It's digital cable Was there a pool? There was a pool Yeah Those places are better than where I live, Brendan Yeah White-collar prison is better than where I live That's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. But, Coach, you'd still be, like, confined and you'd still be, uh, not allowed to do anything, you know? Well, Brendan, what do I do anyway? I leave my house, I come here, and I go home. I don't know, Brendan, sometimes I think that we're in the prison and the prisoners are not. Right. That's weird. It's like the walls are keeping us out. Yeah. Know what I mean? Kind of. We all live in our own prisons, Brendan. Yeah. I mean, we're all trapped in these bodies. Yeah, you have to go to school. That's, that's a prison. It's a prison. I have to be a soccer it's, coach. It's a prison. This conversation. It's a prison. It's a prison. Can't get out
0: of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, connecting back to the parasocial thing, you had a like a really interesting take on uh, Bartolomeo.
1: Oh yeah, um, love that boy.
0: Yeah, do you want to do you want to summarize that for our listeners?
1: Yeah, I guess for people who aren't familiar with later. One Piece. He's, like, a tremendous fan of the Straw Hats, of the main characters, and what I liked about him so much is that he's, like, an insane fanboy, but he has his own life going on, and he's not really trying to intrude on their life. He just appreciates them, and, yes. and, and in return, they're just sort of, like, amused by him and, th- and think that he's, like, funny, or they're kind of put off, but I don't know. I just... Because when I think of fans in fiction, a lot of the time it's like the comic book guy from The Simpsons or it's like in Sherlock when they made fun of female fans. It's usually very cruel, and I think Bartolomeo, and if you look at YouTube clips of him, a lot of the comments are like, damn, that's me. That's how Oda sees us. (laughs) Like, it's very cute. Mm. And he's like a very violent, cruel heel character, which makes it even funnier. He's like Bartolomeo the cannibal, and he likes to scare the audience at the tournament they're at. Uh, I just found, I mean, I, I think he's tremendously endearing. And I do think it is kind of a reflection of how Oda sees his fans, or how he wants his fans to think that he sees them.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, what was the, uh, what's the Sherlock thing you're talking about? I don't, I don't remember that. Because I, I was I was into that show until I watched h Bomber Guy's video on it, and then I realized <laughs> that it was a terrible show.
1: <laughs> In season, uh, I forget which season it is. Maybe season three. There's just, like, a whole thing. There's the, is his name Anderson? There's, like, a cop who hated Sherlock, but after Sherlock, like, Dies, he's he's really sad and obsessed with figuring out how he actually died. And there's like the way that they portray their fandom, sort of it's like a it's kind of like an overweight goth girl who's obsessed with Moriarty oh, yeah. and she's sort of like kissing. And they like that, that's to me, that's mean. They like queer bait their yes. audience mm. for years and like kind of play it will they, won't they, uh, relationship kind of stuff. But then when you try to portray that in your show, it's just like she's something. Not only are they making fun of like fat people, they're making fun of the like fangirls and stuff. And yeah. I talked about it a lot mm. in my Hannibal video because I think Brian Fuller is way more of a fan of stuff and way more empathetic and would never, ever do something like that. Um, mm. I th- I just thought it was a very cruel, like unnecessarily cruel dig at their fan base. Like, why would you ever think these characters liked each other when there are a million like little dear right. baby mm. hints in the show? Mm.
0: Mm. The little piggies. <laughs> yeah.
1: The-, the squealing hogs or whatever. When they're the people who
0: keep <laughs> yes. the-,
1: the show afloat and who sincerely love it. And you're just making fun of young women who get invested in that. And, and not in an inappropriate way. And not in a way that the creators led them to. Because there are a million moments right. in Sherlock mm-hmm. where they, like, hold hands or, like, almost kiss or whatever. But yes. how dare anyone think that anyone in the show is gay? Because I guess being gay is embarrassing mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even though Rob Gatiss, or Mark yeah. Gatiss, uh, is gay. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I guess,
1: I don't know how he felt. I don't know. But I think Bartolomeo is a much nice... I mean, they still make fun of him. He's still a weird nerd. But it's endearing.
0: Yeah. I guess that's another thing that One Piece doesn't really have is there's no like there's no real hint of any like relationships between the characters. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it like doesn't like sexual or romantic, you mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't engender it's very rare. shipping as much. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Or it is kind of made fun of like Hancock and Luffy. It's kind of like a joke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the familiar. only one I can think of, really. So they're all just fellow workers. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I like that about One Piece. Um, yeah, I kind of like Nami and Robin will never be like a love interest sideline kind of thing. They'll be sidelined for other mm-hmm. things like being women, but not not in the love interest mm-hmm. kind of
0: way. Right? Yeah. If you exclude Sanji and Brooks, then it's like, yeah, this is how you have a healthy relationship with a female friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: hate right. it so much. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a weird. I love One Piece, but I have such a weird ambivalence about so much of it.
0: Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we we did an episode last year, I think. Uh, with our friend Reed about about One Piece, and we we brought that up, and um, yeah, we were just saying we don't we don't like the our least favorite anime trope probably is the the hentai character mm-hmm. that's like always trying to right like zoom on the girls and like right. uh, you know see the naked and shit like that. Uh-huh, it's like a very uh-huh. like '80s movie, like right. American '80s movie type thing where it's just like we all realize that it's not okay to. Well, most of us realize it's not okay to do this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they haven't gotten there in yeah. a lot of minutes. Because we also, uh, we talked about the same kind of thing in My Hero Academia with Mineta. Mm-hmm. He's always trying to, like, look up girls' skirts and shit like that, which yep. is, like... Fucked up. You know, like, to some degree, you're, like, modeling behavior for children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Perpetuating that bullshit. Yeah.
2: It's, and I, almost, uh, I was
0: wondering today, like, almost, like, I wonder if Oda, like, because the series has been gone, going on for, like, so long, like, if he has developed past that, but he feels, like, kind of stuck, like, doing that sort of fan service because that's, like, the audience that has developed around it, or if, mm-hmm. or if he's just like that still. I don't mm-hmm.
2: know. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I don't know anything about him personally. I know, because I did a video about One Piece and how it changed my life and, and being really into it and stuff. And, uh... Part of it I talked I think about. that was
0: actually the first video of yours that I saw which I loved.
1: Oh thank you yeah that, that the response to that one was really nice. Um, apart from the people who like told me to kill myself because of it that was kind of bad. Um, that, oh, that has the worst comments Jesus out Christ. of any video I've ever made as an aside. Um, it ab- like worse than the political correctness video worse than fake friends too the kind of like death threat level wow. anger at me criticizing Otis' portrayal of women and LGBT people is the worst comments I've like ever gotten. But it's like the thing about Damn. where female viewers in Japan would send him postcards complaining about all oh, the women look the same and he just like made fun of them. Like Oda did in an SBS. And I was oh, like, that Thanks. sucks. Oh, man. He like, I, I sort of, think it's like he draws women, he draw like two big circles for boobs, then like an X for their waist or whatever. Yes. And he's like, this is, he's basically, basically just like, I'm horny and this is how I draw. I'll just deal with it. Haha. To these women who are like, could you please do something different? So, it's still <laughs> I, like, I've been reading it since I was like 12. Um, and it's a big part of my life, but it, it, it's frustrating. Especially, like you said, the, the lecherous character. Because, like, Frankie is so weird, and he's, like, kind of a pervert, and, like, a very strange character, but he never makes women uncomfortable. It's like, why can't we move yeah. in that direction? Because I love Frankie. Like, I, like, he, he's kind of, like, a comes from being, he's like, an underground, queer like, anti-hero.
0: Is he, like... Oh, what? You know, he, he... It's like a very like outsider type of person and he's like Mm -hmm. you know wears like a speedo all the time (laughs) like shit like that
1: (laughs) and people are like you're weird and he's like whatever yeah i'm me it's like that's cool that's great or someone like uh, like i'm a cyborg. deal with it (laughs) uh, like bentham mr two he's got so many names is like such an interesting character because he could be an offensive stereotype but he's like a fan favorite and a lot of queer people i know really connect to his character but then there are some and it's, they're just terrible, yeah, I don't know it's it's a mixed one piece is such a mixed bag mm. on everything except for class. I think it's been very consistent on like class portraying classism as terrible throughout the entire series
0: mm. right um so like a big a big part of uh one piece that everyone really really enjoys, and you know it's the same thing with like most really popular media properties which is like the world building aspect of it. Like it feels like a very full, like lively real world with real people in it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so when I was like looking up like research to talk about for this, I found, uh, an article where someone was trying to explain like the general phenomena of, uh, media enjoyment. Like why do people like the media that they enjoy? And, um, the author proposed the theory that it's basically about transportation into a narrative world. So you basically, like, want people uh, to feel like they're going to this other world that you've created for them. And as, as like, a bit of supporting evidence for it, he pointed out, like, or he or she, I don't know the gender of the author. Um, but... Um, they pointed out, like, uh, you know, if someone, like, interrupts your viewing of, like, a TV show or movie or, you know, your reading of a book, like, it, it takes you out of it immediately and it kind of, like, really irritates you because it's, like, <laughs> I was trying to, like, be in this other world and now I'm, like, out of it. Uh-huh. And so you're not enjoying it as much. And um, I think that could kind of, like, be the, like, the generalized version of parasocial interaction where yeah. it's, like, in parasocial interaction you're transporting yourself into a world where you have a relationship with this person that you're, you're viewing. Um, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like a, you know, fictional world where it's like a whole universe or whatever.
3: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That that was kind of, uh, uh, part of my joke about like in the old days, your parasocial relationships were all in the library. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, but uh, you know, that's, that's some form of it. I think some, some, Uh, version of of what we're talking about in this episode with social media and and online cultures and all this other stuff yeah seems to have existed for a long long time you know it's it's part of our uh psychological makeup yeah um because we're social and therefore we are able to develop the parasocial right and so um you know it's it's you know, it's extremely important for creators to be responsible with that, you know? So be a drill.
0: Don't be a Logan Paul, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One thing I was just thinking too, is like the phenomenon of like, of the wikia, like the fandom wiki where Mm -hmm. people just meticulously document like every single detail about one of these narrative worlds. Mm -hmm. And there's just like thousands of these things like, there was there was one for Blue Submarine number six, which came out in two thousand and one, <laughs> yeah. and like no one Didn't watched it since then except yeah, for like yeah. me and you. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, it's
1: sort of a way to give back or like a way to express in fandom without like making anything yourself. You just yeah, kind of like documenting, yeah. like you're a fandom historian. I think they're cool. Yes, exactly. Uh, when they're not about real people again, when it's not like and in, in this in this episode he talked about his girlfriend and we triangulated their location to the you know whatever, right? Uh, kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you're like a scholar of a, of non-existent world.
1: Yeah, I have one friend. I'm in a long, uh, ongoing D and D campaign, just like in person, and none of it's like put online or anything like that. And one of our friends uh-huh. keeps a detailed wiki for the campaign.
4: Oh wow! And for me, it's great because <laughs> nice. it's like
1: when I was when I went to college, people would like make a Google Doc with notes and share it, and I never really contributed, but I used it, and it feels like that. It's like I'm cheating when I like study beforehand. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is what happened last session. Uh, I don't That's have cool, the though. energy like for that. it, but I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems like it'd be great for something that you're involved in, because like, you know, like, like we do this show, and like, I forget shit that happens on here like all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if someone yeah. would like <laughs> meticulously documented every every single thing, and be like, I could reference back to it and be like, oh yeah, like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh this is, this is connected to this thing that we did, and uh-huh, uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Someone um. There's this other, actual play podcast that we're friends with called the Roaring the Roaring Trainers. It's like Pokemon in okay. the Roaring Twenties or whatever. And a uh, the fan of theirs just got a tattoo of their logo. And I'm like, wow, that's oh, wow. crazy. <laughs> uh, that's, that's like a, like someone committing your podcast to their body.
3: Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. creepy or
1: weird, but it would be if that happened with me, I would be so very yeah, overwhelmed. You know, I think. That's,
3: that's your thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's
0: there's a musician uh, who goes by the Album Leaf. I don't know if you've heard of him. But I don't think so. Uh, yeah, he does. He does a thing where if you have a an album leaf tattoo, you get into his shows for free. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> wow!
1: That makes sense. But I don't want to encourage people to get a tattoo. I feel like that's right. I don't know. That's weird. I don't think it's like bad, but uh, I think if someone got a Street Movies tattoo, it would scare me.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: do you have, do you have anything else? Well, I just I'm still trying to puzzle out how how we create this. This parasocial fan base, you know, yeah. and become millionaires. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, there's one more thing. Uh, a, a friend of ours who's in like a, an anarchist anime DM uh, wanted to know your take on the horror themes in uh, the Thriller Bark arc of One Piece.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he, he knows that you're a big film person. He's like a, he's like a film person, too.
1: I am. I am a big film person. Uh, I think Thriller Bark took the good and the bad, as far as horror tropes, because I think the worst scene in all of One Piece is Absalom invisible pinning a naked Nami to the wall of the bath. If you remember that. It's sort of like the helpless woman getting married off, sort of like universal horror film kind of trope. And I thought that was terrible. I really, that kind of upset me, because I caught up during Water 7, so Thriller Bark was the or like Ineos Lobby, so Thriller Bark was the first arc I was reading chapter to chapter, I guess, in like 2006, and it was like, this is it. Uh, but then other parts of it are really fun, like ghosts and zombies, the subversion of the zombie where Luffy pushes it back into the ground is really, really funny.
0: Oh, that's uh, one of my favorite jokes ever.
1: <laughs> and it, and it's, such, it's a joke, too, to where even if someone's never seen the series, you can just show it to them out of context, and it's still really funny. Because he just, like, walks over and just pushes it back in, like, that's gonna work. And I really liked the Usopp's, uh, where Perona's ghosts don't work on him, because he's already, he already, like, hates himself. I thought that was a really cool subversion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a lot of, like, creepy iconography. Um, and especially, like, kind of Tim Burton-esque stuff. I think, mm-hmm. like, like, you talked about Brooke being a pervert, or that kind of stuff, as a woman especially, is kind of a damper on it for me. And right. I would like mm-hmm. to see Oda explore horror tropes in a different arc as well, but for that... For that, I, I don't know. I liked it overall. It's not my favorite art. I like the horror stuff in it. I don't know if the, your friend had any specific questions about specific parts of it, but what came to my mind I, is like, I, yeah, it, yeah, I tried like to I get said, him to give specifics,
0: and he he wasn't able to do it.
1: I'm trying to give anything. I like the weird, like free headed dot, like Cerberus, and stuff. There are a lot of really fun ideas in it. I think yeah. something like a uh, whole cake island has a lot of horror in it, like Grimm's fairy tale kind of weird.
2: That's Twisted true. Stuff, yeah, just as
1: much as Thriller Bark without the iconography. That's also a really scary arc, especially the flashback. Yeah, arc. I thought
0: uh, I thought Big Mama was very scary in that arc. She's like she was great, like great. this big, powerful, just like unhuman, like superhuman, like power that would just like get enraged over like treats. It's like if John, <laughs> I, if like, John Pedoritz was like Superman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's great, and I think she's like. I've complained about female characters in the show. I think she's awesome. I think Pudding is awesome. It's weird that Pudding is sixteen, supposed to be marrying Sanji, who's twenty-one. That's gross. I don't like, right. that. I don't like that. Um But like, like Big I Mom's think flashback is a very typical upsetting. arranged
0: marriage situation. It's not good, but it's not abnormal.
1: Yeah. Well, they don't. Tr- none of the story draws attention to the fact that she's sixteen, which is weird. Yeah. Um. But no, I think Big Mom is very, very scary and a really, good, really interesting character. There's a video I see I've been working on about like body horror in one piece and self mutilation in one piece because it's like a big running theme, especially with the main characters like Luffy okay. and Nami and Zoro have like self like cut themselves or stabbed themselves or whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of horror in the um, show outside of Thriller Bark, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so. All right, Shannon. Well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. I thought that was very fun. I hope you had a good time.
1: I did. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so again, uh, check out uh, her YouTube channel. It's uh, Strucci Movies on YouTube, right? Or is that yep. your Twitter?
1: Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, YouTube channel. Is Strucci Movies. My personal Twitter is Plenty of Alcoves.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: Okay. The Embruge.
0: Yeah. So uh great follow, donate to her so that she can um, continue with the fake friends series. And um, yeah, I think that's it.
2: Yeah.
3: All right. Great. Well, uh, if you liked this episode, uh, find Neighbor Science on Spotify or what? Neighborscience.com now? Neighborsciencepodcast.com. Neighborsciencepodcast.com. Um, I'm Chris Nivens at Solidarity underscore Goth, and this is Ryan Salisbury at Handle of Rye. Yeah. We never actually introduced ourselves at the beginning, so I'll just probably just like splice that in. <laughs> but. Um and thanks for listening and again Shannon thank you for joining us and we'll close it there.
0: Yeah.
2: See Bye. ya.